So um, this morning we heard the message, the story about the new new covenant that God built between Israelites. And within the context of the Exodus, after the, the covenant in Mount Sinai, Moses um, returned to God, he returned back to God, and in verse 20, he went back to the mountain and he he stayed there for 40 days and 40 nights. And during those 40 days and 40 nights, what did he do? He received the, the layouts about the tabernacle. And, and in the... And before he went up to Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments, and then here um, he went up back back to Mount Sinai to um, receive the layouts about the tabernacle. And and the faces that you guys are making right now must be the the ordinary, the normal faces that you should have every single day. And you guys have spent many years with me, and surely. And I'm pretty sure there will be a conference in Guatemala in next March, and either in Honduras or um, where? Uh, either in Honduras or Nicaragua. I'm not sure. But in within Central America, there will be another conference around June. And I'm inviting you guys to to attend the conference together with me. And I'm inviting people. I'm planning to have conferences in three different places: in Africa, in uh, Central Southern America, and in um, in Malaysia. And if if God allows me, gives me money, I will um, I will buy the the tickets for for the young adults. And um, <laughs> Dick and Bernie, he bought he treat he he's treating us this ice cream. So. You know, God already prepared His blessing um, toward he, His His truth, concerning His truth. So today's text. In today's text, Moses went up to Mount Sinai, and he went up there and. Uh, he received how he should uh, prepare the tabernacle. And within the context of Exodus, these Israelites, they made a covenant between God, and God called Israelites as his people. And we call that in the New Testament um, context, we call that um, he, he has put Israel under his rule. That's the core message. You will become my people and I will become your God. This is the core message of the covenant. And even it, it extends to the New Testament. In the New Testament, God uh, also promised to the people in the New Testament that He will become their God. Of course, He is the ruler of the whole universe, but, but through whom is He ruling this universe? Through Israelites and through the church. So, so in the church, so in the church, listen, listen carefully, listen well. As I was looking um, through the whole 40 chapters of Exodus, I, I am summarizing the, the core messages within, within the Exodus to, to you. And through this process of um, this ex-Babylon, and conclusionally, he wants to lead us and guide us to this land of Canaan, the land of promise. We need to see precisely that we need to see, we need to be able to see that this process of Exodus is same as uh, preparing process of us to, to leave the Babylon, leave the world. So it's the same as the preparing process for us to leave this world, leave this Babylon. So, so God um, told the Israelites, promised Israelites that He is ruling them, and 
And where is he ruling, ruling the Israelites? He must be enthroned um, in the temple, in the, in the tabernacle. So the, the completion of Exodus is not only escaping from Egypt, but, but also uh, um, they need to go into the land of Canaan and build a temple. So at the end, end time, when we leave this world, leave the, the Babylon, we need to make this new, new temple, New Jerusalem, in order for him to return and rule in the temple. And in the wilderness, even though they were under the rule of rule of God, uh, but because they did not have the temple, they lost the function of the the sanctuary and uh, um, this this whole process of offering. So these Israelites, even though they have recovered their country. Uh, because they do not have their own um, the new temple, they will surely uh, build the, the third temple um, in the end time. So the temple must exist. That's the reason why God showed this layout of tabernacle to Moses. And, and as he tells the Israelites that he will become God of Israelites, he did not just promise it that, but he is promising them to um, bring himself in the midst of the, the whole community of Israel. And the reason why the book of Leviticus comes after the um, book of um, Exodus is because he wants to, God wants to tell the Israelites that about the identity of the people, that they are the people to worship God. So in that context, this tabernacle is important. And as we look at this tabernacle, we need to, we need to, we need to interpret about some points about the tabernacle. But, but conclusionally, the tabernacle is the same as our personality, the structure of our personality. So in the New Testament, the apostles, how do they call us? They call us as the temples at the end, which is church. This is a, a great revelation, especially Apostle Paul. He, Apostle Paul calling the church as the body of Jesus Christ. It's such a great uh, revelation. So what we consider important in Zoe ministry too is the theory of the, the, um, the doctrine of church. And as the body of, of Jesus Christ, as we unite as one body, um, He will work strongly, tremendously, uh, powerfully among us. And that's what we have been relying on upon this, this being church. So in the context, this tabernacle is important to us, especially ourselves is the temple. And in the context, uh, this layout of the, the structure of the tabernacle shows the same structure of our personality. So as we see in the text, the temple, it has the Holy of Holies. And if, if you leave the curtain from the Holy of Holies, there's this, this um, garden and you know, you know the structure, the layout, right? And as we have covered um, as we said, as we talked about this new covenant this morning, God um, put entrusted His um, uh, water and blood, which which is the same as the Holy of Holy. In today's text, verse 22, God said that above the uh, cover between the two cherubim that are over the Ark of the Covenant Law, I will meet you meet with you and give you all my commandments for the Israelites. So, um, this, this peace offering means, is it peace offering? Uh, I'm not sure, but, but anyways, this offering is Hirastelion in, in Greek, and, and within that, within the Holy of Holy, uh, in the uh, Day of Great, uh, the, in the Day of Atonement, the, the great high priest must enter into the Holy of Holies and need to sprinkle the blood in order to um, forgive the whole sin of the community of Israel. 
And just like that, within us, Holy Spirit came to indwell in us and with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and uh, relying on that blood, relying on the blood, we have the right to boldly go before the throne of grace. And the curtain that has divided between the Holy of Holies and the, the, the sanctuary has been um, disappeared. So, and there are these two things that represent the truth, the, the word. And because we are we are the new creations, why? Because we are not now we are now not living by our own strength. We are not living by our limitation, which was like Israelites. But we now became people who can only be be obedient to God. And within these two structures, which represents the truth, um, it allows us to rely on the Holy Spirit. So in terms, in that context, the, the spirituality itself is nothing else but um, every day relying on to the Holy Spirit and just allow the truth to move, move within us. And as we know, the truth in our spirit uh, does not have any problem, but that truth must have the communication and relation between the truth that we have in our mindset, in our thoughts. So, so this matter of tabernacle and the structure of tabernacle, it represents uh, the same structure of our personality too. That's the reason why God is showing this layout and structure here. So there's nothing much that I have I have left to say um, until until chapter 27 um, the layout of the tabernacle is being described and in chapter 28 the priestly garments how it, it is um, how it is composed how it is constructed is being listed here. Uh, First, the priest must wear this white linen and then, you know, they need to wear these different accessories and different things. And within their forehead, they need to wear this helmet which has the, the word. Uh, precisely speaking, this is how the great high priest wears. But all these garments have its own spiritual meanings. And this white garment means our, our, our identity as God's children. And its, its essence is the holiness. So in the Revelation, it says we need to wash that white garment every single day. And in the Day of Atonement, the, the high priest can only wear that white garment itself and enter into the Holy of Holies. So, so we, us meeting God, we are not meeting God as our job. Even though I'm a pastor, I'm not meeting Him as a profession. But when I'm entering into the Holy of Holies, I only can meet Him in the Holy status. We have talked about Moses who met God face to face, right? So, in the Day of Atonement, the priest must enter into the Holy of Holies with only wearing this white garment. And the, the different um, colors and the accessories on the garment of the priest has different meanings. And they must have this uh, boundary of God's rule within, within their scale. And to me, I always um, pray for all the Zoe ministries that it has been spread around the world. This is my, this is my, my job. This is, my, this is what I need to do. And to you guys, as servants of God, you will surely be, be given these different jobs that is given by God. And it's the same, um, calling us as temple, which has been um, written by Apostle Paul. And let's look at the New Testament temple. If there are any of you who wants to hear precisely, um, look, look up on the internet and listen to my Exodus sermons. 
Do you guys want to hear more precisely? So let's move on to the New Testament. First of all, let's look at the uh, book of Ephesians. No, never mind. 1 Corinthians 3.16. It is sure that I have not prepared the sermon well. That I'm um, going here and there. If you if you <laughs> if you guys blame me, oh pastor, you should have prepared um, better. Then I will tell you. Well, then why don't you <laughs> you preach? And, and you know whenever the presence is so nice like this I you know don't want to preach that much Bernie can you hear me okay, okay. Um, as you guys know I'm not not a sensitive person but I still can sense this great presence this annoys me the heavenly gate opened but I'm afraid um, Pastor Park in Glory, Glory Church would not be able to preach on Sunday, so let's close the doors, doors of heaven. Let us all receive this anointing. How thankful it is because God has opened us this new, new season. In South America, God has done, uh, shown us great work. Well, because you guys were not there, um, it's probably difficult for you to sense the same, um, same, same level of um, this presence and all these kind of things. But uh, received all those grace by faith. And now we have appointed uh, Pastor uh, Francisco as the representative of, of Central America as a um, head person of, of the ministry in Central and South America, the ministry. And there are many uh, testimonies from Central America and, and, and uh, I guess it's story of one of the church members of Pastor Francisco. But anyway, uh, when, after he preached on Sunday, one of the church members uh, uh, you know, fall into, into the present and he could not, he was not able to do anything but just, you know, be sunk in the presence for, for three nights and four days. And, and my wife, Mrs. Kim, will go to Costa Rica to uh, minister the pastor's wife, and I'm very looking forward for that. And there are uh, some ministers who are, are going together with her. So pray for, pray for them so that they would explode the great work of God in that place. And, and in next year, in next year um, there's this conference that we are uh, intending to invite 2,000 people. And between that time, we want to have another conference in Africa. So now we are uh, we want to prepare the returning of Jesus Christ by opening up these ministries of the remnants and between between those those conferences I want to send our our young students in elementary students to Israel and some um, middle school high school students to, to Europe I'm not sending them to go travel there but instead I want them to send this anointing of the uh, ministry around the world so let's um, please pray for pray for this conference that that we have invited all the remnants around the world in um, 31st of October so we should all gather to Chungju the place the place is called Chongpung Resort
the word Cheongpung means means um, blue wind in Korean. And he said this this word sounds very familiar to him, but he doesn't know why. But uh, you know the reason why he finds the word familiar is because he. He read lots of these these Chinese, um, you know, Chinese novels in in his uh, early days. But anyways, he says the presence up here presence up here up there up there is um, too good that he's inviting um, people to show how how great the presence is the anointing anointing is he's calling out uh, the sisters to come up there to to feel the same thing as he's feeling. I'm even very like crazy that the person is too strong. Anyways, uh, we need to finish the sermon early tonight, so uh, let's move on. First uh, Corinthians three sixteen. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? Already, Paul, because he understood the structure of the temple, that's the reason why he was able to say this. And, um, and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst. And because, because the Holy Spirit came to indwell within us, we have now became the sanctuary. So, so we have became, we have become the temples, and that's a result of the new covenant. So look, whether it's uh, Jeremiah or Ezekiel, I'm not sure whether they have already understood this new, uh, new covenant. But, but in the context of these, these. Um, uh, ideology of the um, Jewish people it's it's impossible for them to understand these these uh, Holy Spirit coming God himself to come and dwell within the creatures but, but uh, here Paul says that we have now became the holy of holies because um, Holy Spirit came to indwell in us and if you believe this by faith um, even the great high priest, if he brings a single amount of sin in the Holy of Holies, he will die instantly. And just like that, you guys need to um, maintain your spiritual status like that, as holy as, as that. And verse 17, um, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. This is a fearful, fearful statement, but because Paul understood um, what kind of place the Holy of Holy is, that's the reason why Paul was able to say this kind of state, statement. Um, there's this sister who's a, a police police officer, and he's telling her that her, her anger is being surfaced. Is there, is there um, any of your co-worker who makes you get angry often? So you are very sensitive. Do not hate, do not hate your, your co-worker. It's the battle of holies and unholies. <laughs> If you hate your coworker too much, you might you might shoot her because she's a cop. Chief? 
chief police officer. <laughs> Yeah, she's a very precious person, so please minister her well. <laughs> you know, you guys are to receive all these anointing and to go all around the world to send this gospel of the remnants. What if I die even like tomorrow? Of course, there are lots of great pastors in Zoe ministry. I'm not, I'm not worried about those kind of things, but, but, but until, until I disappear, you guys need to receive all these kind of um, impartations because I'm prepared to uh, respond to God's calling to His kingdom. Whenever He calls me, I'm ready to go up there. So please strive to, to, um, to, to grow your spirituality. When you return to your church, you must uh, make your church shaking. Make your church shake. You should go and like conquer your, your main hall of your church. More than having your prayer time long, have your prayer stronger until your, your church shakes. No matter who comes to your church, they until they can just fall down immediately on their knees. Father, thank you for the anointing. So look, if someone destroy, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy the person. For God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. So we need to understand that uh, the layout, the structure of the sanctuary in the Old Testament applies exactly the same within our spirit too. So if you, if you believe in this word, it is, it is impossible for you to uh, receive any um, dirty thing within your spirit to, to corrupt and pollute the temple within you. More than anything else, there's this one reason, which is the Holy Presence that Paul calls uh, our spirit as the temple, because there is Holy Presence within us. And this Holy Presence must uh, show and reveal this holiness from you. What did Moses uh, hear from God? God told him to take off his sandals from his feet, because the place he's standing is holy. And through the great presence of God, this holiness is being spreaded in the place. And the core identity, core essence of God Himself is the holiness. And, and now we have become holy people through the blood of Jesus Christ. So it is, it is ordinary in the life of us to show, to, um, to spread this holiness from us. And spreading this holiness itself is uh, the dignity and authority of King, and Paul calls this as the fragrance of, of Jesus Christ. This is such a tremendous statement. Um, you know, most, most um, devils uh, does not, uh, I mean, do not need to be, be casted out. We only, only thing that we need to do is to, to show and reveal our, our um, holiness from us. So if you believe that you are a temple, um, that's, that's, that itself is such an important thing, uh, the basic thing that will allow you to, to go further. Um, you have, I told you guys the story of me going to the Western world wall in Jerusalem. And in Israel, these Israelites, they must um, come before us and kneel down before us because we have this, this same glory that God um, has. So, do not hinder Holy Spirit within you and keep maintain the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's how important our life is. I think this is, to me, it, it is the most important thing to, to always remember within me that I am the temple. I am the temple. 
And the, the instance that I have believed is by faith, all the dirty things um, uh, were leaked out from me. So Paul used this terminology that we are the temple, and in Book of Ephesians, um, church itself is the temple too. So we need to see, uh, then what's the church? Uh, chapter 1 of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. For the last day, I want um, to finish the sermon as quick as possible. And I believe there will be this glory of the late rain tomorrow. <laughs> Whenever I see someone um, experiencing this, uh, this deliverance, um, it sometimes uh, distracts me, so I need to take care of that issue as soon as possible. But you know, you don't, you should not hate your um, co-worker, your fellow, fellow, fellow cop, fellow officer. But instead, you need to see the spirit that works behind that person. But anyways, in Book of Ephesians, the church, we can see many different things. But in uh, verse twenty. The Lord of Lords, King of Kings, He came to indwell in the temple and He applies these um, doctrines same to the church. Let's see how Paul is defining the church. He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms. And God revived Jesus um, and He made Him victorious and He has seated him next to his throne and now Jesus has become the king and what happens next afterward far above all rule and authority power and dominion and every name such and such we need to explain, explain this uh, precisely but in the Hellenistic um, understanding this is talking about um, the, the structure of Babylon power dominion but in, in Hebrew um, context it's, it's Paul's talking about the spiritual um, spiritual powers spiritual um, forces but it doesn't matter God's the one who rules over all universe sometimes it seems like the, the devils are ruling over the universe, but they are just under God's allowance. God's allowing them to, to rule like that. But whether it is spiritual beings or whether it's Babylon, our King, Jesus Christ, He's the one who is truly ruling over those things. Whether and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Just like Hebrews 5.5, 5, he's the royal son. He's the royal son who rules over all creation. And at the same time, he's a royal priest. He has these two jobs at the same time. And if you, if you trust, trust this by faith, you need to put... Uh, put your life to Jesus Christ because it's such a tremendous uh, uh, statement. Verse 22, And God placed all things under His feet and appointed Him to be head over everything for the church. So it is only possible for all creations to, to be obedient before Him. And within that all creation, what, what, what belongs to all creation? The devils too. The name of the glory of his name and all the works that he has done on this earth to those ones who truly believe all those things and to those ones who truly believe that they that, that they have become the temple they have the same uh, they now have become the co-worker of Jesus Christ who can rule uh, rule over all creation just like Jesus Christ just as Jesus called us as as the same um, we we are um, what's it called? 본질적으로 갔다 보라고 본질적으로 갔다 보라고 he, he calls us same in nature and just as God is um, um, glorifying one another in this charm God he also he also glorifies us and he also praises us because he has entrusted he, his nature to us too his essence 
and he is the heir and we are the heir too. Of course, he is the... Um, he is independent God and we are the dependent God. So that's the difference. But, but the, the, the preposition that is used when, before, before Jesus Christ is Shin, which is used when you are describing two same things at the same time. So, so the main, uh, one of the main evidences that you see when you meet God that uh, you will become, your, your identity will become lifted, um, praised and glorified high, high, but at the same time you will, uh, He will humble you at the same time. And you can, you can imagine the picture, right? Jesus Christ as a head and church and the creation. So this, this spiritual order must be clear. He, Jesus, He becomes the head of the church and the church has the authority to rule over the creation. It's the same as the Old Testament. God, in, God sits um, among the Israelites and Israelites is ruling the world. In the New Testament, Jesus became the head of the church and through the church, He rules the world. You need to uh, be able to believe this 100%. This is true. At the end time, for His glory, for uh, this is the time that He is raising His glorious church for His glory. And we will surely see and witness that God is using the church to rule over this world. So, so what happens in verse 23? Which is his body? So he's a head and we are his body. And the head, of, head and the body cannot be separated, head cannot be divided. Let's say, let's say a person, he says, I believe in Jesus Christ, but I don't go to church. But can you say that he, he, he has salvation? No. Your head cannot be separated from your body. This grace of salvation through Jesus Christ is being completed only within the church, by the church. So, how should the church live? The fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. We can translate this in many different ways from Greek. How should we uh, interpret this? That, that the church must follow the instruction that is given by the head, which is Jesus Christ, as exactly as He says. The, so the strongest um, image of church is the church who follows exactly uh, to the commandment of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church. So, so disobedience is a cancer. Within, within a church, in order for, for the church members to, the only way for church members to become um, glorified is to be obedient to the word that is given to the church. If it's a religious church, if it's just a, a mediocre um, um, church, then it does not matter. But if it's church of God, uh, denying and rejecting the truth of God is such a horrible thing. I have seen, I have witnessed many, many um, results of people who have been disobedient to the truth. So, in 1 Timothy 3.15, um, Paul said, uh, church is the foundation of truth. So, completely obeying to, to the truth is the only, only job for the church members. It's, it's not um, democracy. We are only ruled by God. Let's move to um, chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2. In chapter 2, so first of all, through the tabernacle, we need to understand that it represents the structure of our, our spirit, our personality. And because God uh, formed, He formed the temple within us and He came to indwell within us, that's the reason why Paul said we are the body of Him. And because we are the body of Jesus Christ, we have the same authority to rule over the world. And we are now, the, we, we now have the identity of a royal son, a royal being. And church has the same authority as a royal being to, to the Israelites. 
And God's calling toward Israel, whether it's to, to the Israelites or whether it's to the churches, it's the same. The royal priest, because, because we have the same, these two jobs as Jesus Christ. Do you guys believe this? So never, never our young adults compromise your worthiness to the world. This is the only way that you can be victorious, having, uh, um, securing this identity, this worthiness. Really. Let's move on. Verse, two, uh, verse 20, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as a chief cornerstone. What's the picture? The apostles and prophets are the foundation, the, the found, foundation ground. If you have listened to my Ephesians sermon, you guys understand this. Uh, Paul is describing of this uh, system, this structure of church. And Paul emphasized this system very, very um, powerfully. And Holy Spirit is the one who rules over the church through this system. And in Book of Romans, it's describing how, what, through what kind of structure is is Holy Spirit uh, building the church. And within the Book of Ephesians, Paul is describing how, through what kind of um, structure is Holy Spirit ruling through the spiritual structure. Um, he called um, different people through different jobs, different callings. Some, to, some as apostles, some as prophets, such and such. So, what Paul is saying is that uh, the church must have this system, this foundation. Upon this foundation, upon this system, what, what is being built, Jesus himself um, becomes the chief cornerstone. First of all, you need to have a, a ground in order to construct a building, right? If the ground is not firm, the building, even though if you can build a building upon the ground, uh, you are you cannot guarantee whether the, the building will be structured, uh, constructed well. Um, Jesus being a cornerstone is a little different from Jesus calling Peter as a as the cornerstone. You are the, the you're the stone, something like that. But here, in the book of Ephesians, Paul is describing about this system, spiritual system of the church. So he said, he's saying that upon that spiritual system of the church, he, uh, the church must have Jesus Christ as a cornerstone, and above that cornerstone, they need, uh, the church must be constructed. And church of God, you yourself, you individuals, must be built um, upon upon the cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ. So, anyways, you guys are the temples, and church here is describing uh, precisely to the the whole whole tent of Israel. So you must be aware that church must be moved by God only and it should not be um, operated by people. And whenever this church and the temple is being operated by God, um, God will naturally, automatically uh, construct the building uh, by himself. And the reason why the church is not being constructed is because uh, the the people try to put their own effort in order to build that building. And one of the first, um, the most important, one of the most important things that I have um, done in the early um, days of Yolong Church is to put all my trust before God and let Him do all the works and not do by myself. Why? Because God first needs to touch the church, not myself. For more than 10 years of the Obang Church, I have strived my best to um, to follow this, this instruction, follow this. And in the early days of the Obang Church, um, if 10, 10 people came to my church, nine of them ran away. But I was not bound to those kind of things, to people. And if there are people who God does not want 
um, to to be in the church, then it's painful for the church to just just hold them within the church. So you need to understand this clearly. Completion of church is only being done by God. So do not lose this thought. God will do. God will do. So we need to uh, throw away, completely throw away uh, my method, my power, my strength. If, and if there are many people who have this kind of thing within the church, the church must go through, will, will surely go through uh, difficult times. And I have been emphasizing um, to, to you guys to get rid of your own strength, own method, own thoughts. But still, there are many of you who, who do not uh, let go of those things. But the church, the essence of church is um, being, being done by God. But many churches, they fail to follow these, these simple um, um, doctrines, simple doctrine, to let, allow God to work because they, they have different programs, different um, methods. Sometimes, um, sometimes um, let, letting go of my own strength is painful. Why? Because it's painful to see people um, um, wandering around before you. It is easier for you to just say some kind of things, but, but that's not how it should be. You should let God to work. But anyways, church must have this foundation of spiritual system. If church does not have the spiritual system, it means that church has no foundation. Verse 22, Paul is describing uh, church as dwelling place of God, and in Him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. Dwelling place, it means, what does it mean? A palace. A palace. If, if a um, queen of Great Britain stays in... in in a place, it will become a palace. But if she goes to a certain place to stay there for a night or two, uh, because she is staying there for, for the night, what, what would that become? It becomes dwelling place. We don't call that place a, a palace. Let's say if a king went on, on a, to a war, to a battlefield, and he... He stays in a tent. Um, you don't call that place a palace, but it still has the same authority and power uh, to, to perform all his authority throughout his, his armies, right? So becoming a dwelling place, it means God still has the same um, power and authority that he can practice from his throne above. And now because He is indwelling within us, now we became a headquarter of Him. So the same, same works uh, that, that took place in the heaven will also take place in us too. And what's important here? Um, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. And here with, um, uh, together here, the word together, this, this surely is the Greek word shin, which describes two same um, things that have the same in nature. And um, the position that is used before the Holy Spirit is in, in which God lives by His Spirit. But anyways, um, not only I am becoming a simple dwelling place, but, in, but more than that, I became a dwelling place that God comes to indwell within me. And as He indwells within me, I, be, I enter into this uh, same relationship of this triumph God has, um, and I also indwell in, in their relationship too. And this triumph God moves together whenever I move in the same glory, and these, this communication and this relationship of glory also works within me as I am becoming a dwelling place of Him. So, so, doing delivering ministry, doing healing ministry, it does not have such a big meaning um, when we think about myself being a dwelling place. It's even greater, greater glory, right?
Okay, let's move on. Lastly, uh, let's look at uh, chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4. So, at the end, us being completed as temple, why is it important? Because it allows us to have the relationship with the triumph God. And as He entrusted His water, blood, and um, the Holy Spirit within us, it completes us to become the temple. And it's the evidence that, that He is um, dynamically having the relationship between me. First, just, just receive this by faith. And if you receive it by faith, and if you do not hinder the work of the Holy Spirit, then you will experience this relationship. The Holy Spirit will allow you to discern, and He will proclaim His power of His blood, and He will pour His anointing. And these uh, dynamic um, relationship of triumph God will work uh, dynamically within you. We have heard all these stories, right? About in, in sermon of First John, right? You know, I um, recommend you guys to listen to the, the sermons that I have preached in, in Costa Rica. But anyways, in chapter 4 of Ephesians, how can we um, construct this temple and how can we complete this temple? It applies to the whole church too, but it applies to you individuals. And each of you, as you uh, complete your temple, and it will all harmonize to build the temple in the church too. It applies in uh, 4.11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, and the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. And because it's a spirit, uh, fundamentally you need to see these as a spirit, spirit of apostles, spirit of prophets, spirit of evangelists and pastors and teachers. Whether you see these as four, four different things or five different spirits, but um, usually I see these as four, four spirits because I consider the pastors and teachers uh, as having the same, same, same context. So within this system, how should the church be? To equip his people for words of service. I'm trying to tell you how the temple is being constructed, being completed. So here, this system is to build, is to build his people, to build the church, to build the body of Christ. So fundamentally, fundamentally in the New Testament, among many different doctrines of the church, in Book of Ephesians, uh, the Book of Ephesians is emphasizing that church must have this foundation of the spirit, the spiritual system. I have never seen a church. Without outside of doing ministry churches, I have never seen any church that has this spiritual system that appears in Book of Ephesians. And what's important is, is that what's the evidence of this anointing being embodied in the church is seeing people being raised um, under these four different um, four different callings. Some people, to some people, um, God calls them as apostles. To some people, God calls them as evangelists. And the evidence of the anointing being poured to the church is that you will witness different people being raised uh, as apostles, prophets. In our church, we have MB. All these are are being raised by the spirit of the pastors and teachers. And we have apostles, we have prophets, and we have evangelists who will guide people to come, uh, guide people in the mainstream of the truth. Just like that, um, God built this structure within our church. How is it possible to ministry, minister 500 people by a great pastor himself? No, by the Holy Spirit who built this great spiritual system within the church. Um, verse 12 so that the body of Christ may be built up so 
all the church members must go toward, have the direction to go toward the completion so that the followers can see the ones who are going in front of them to go into the right direction. And now, now I see our church um, revealing these, these evidence of glory. It's a difficult path, difficult road. I have, as I see, look back in, in, in the past, I see lots of ups and downs in the church. I saw lots of people who, who fell out. But because we have passed um, this test of wilderness, test of desert, now I see our church going into the glorification. This is the completion. Here is um, the word is used is a service, works of service. Within the church, there are are different people who have different jobs, and people are being raised under these different services, so that um, they will so that the body of Christ may be built up. This is how the church is being completed. The church must be completed within this system. You should never forget that you are the temple of God, and you should never forget that God is building us through the system. Verse 13, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So, at the end, at the end, Jesus is the head of the church and knowing who he is and believing who he is is the most important thing. And if you believe that, you will know. If you believe something, then you will, you will know. So, so, first, receive him. Just welcome him. And if you continue to receive the influence of the world, influence of the Hellenism, you you will have the tendency to do it um, oppositely. You will you tend to try to understand it before you believe it. This is humanism. Humanism makes you only uh, receive the things that you only understand. This is legalism. This is law, and this is humanism. This is such a dangerous state. It is difficult to get out of this, this state if you are once hooked from it. So that's the reason why I'm keep emphasizing you to get out of this, the world. It must be done like like this. You first need to believe, and then you will you will then understand. Let's move on. Uh, then they will they will grow to become in every respect a mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. This is talking about the nature of love, the maturity of love. How mature should the should the church be uh, until they will become like Jesus Christ who have loved the world? So in the early church, they uh, had this relationship to confess to one another, I want to become a church to you. In 1 John, uh, Apostle John said that we will be able to become like Jesus Christ who loved the world. In that context, let's bless one another. I want to become a church to you. It means that I, can, I want to die for you. Verse 14, verse 14, um, now then they will become a church who will never be shaken by the, the temptation of the world. They are completely free from the, the influence of the world. Verse 15 is the same. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. In every single case, uh, church who can who can always react like Jesus Christ, who is completely obedient to Jesus Christ. So it's all about being obedient. Verse 16, conclusionally, what kind of image should church have? From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, uh, grows and builds itself up in love as each, each part does its work. So look, what's the image of this? It's, um, uh, this, it's like, it's like an uh, all-star team of a baseball, having best players of each position. 
Church should be like this, having these uh, best players of each position to construct one team. In this system of vision, God is God has His intention to build all these people as all star, and as they unite, they will become a strong team. How strong would they be? They will be able to um, confront the end. Uh, Antichrist. You don't need many people. It's not about the numbers. As as these people unite as one, they will be able to confront and fight against the Antichrist. At the end time, these two uh, candlesticks who can uh, face the Antichrist. In this context, you can understand this. Oh, if a church becomes an all-star like this, then even even the Antichrist come, it, it will be no problematic to us. Even whenever the, the missiles, rockets come to us, when you proclaim it to, to change its direction backward toward the enemies, then it will be done according to our, our faith, our proclamation. As we if we proclaim to the, the raiders of the enemy to be destroyed, then it will be done. And the fire will be thrown from the sky. Just like that. Um, God's glory will not be limited. Uh, it is written in Revelation that the curses that uh, is being spoken from the two witnesses will be thrown to the land. And I have received this promise from God in, in the beginning stage, stage of my calling. And God promised me, yes, I will uh, completely support you. That's how I became a pastor. Hallelujah. Let's pray.